Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, trying to stay cool on a hot summer morning. <laughs> I know Ned's smiling ear to ear right now. This is like 70 degrees outside. Me, I'm, if I would, could be naked, I would be. Um, speaking of which, uh, it's <laughs> it's not just really the AFC West. It's really across the board. Teams are just throwing money like it's just nobody's business now. Arizona Cardinals paying Kyler a huge salary now. This is a little bulletin board material for the Kansas City Chiefs because they're ballyhooing Kyler Murray as being the the well actually the second wealthiest player in the National Football League. And in a sense that is correct, but in another sense it is not. Patrick Mahomes still has the largest all-encompassing contract. His goes for many, many years. But Murray yesterday signed a pact that's going to pay him Oh, gosh, $46,800,000 a year. And that is second in the National Football League to Aaron Rodgers of Green Bay, who's over $50 million a year. But they don't have quite the long-term contract that Mahomes does. So it's really kind of misleading in a way. In the case of Conor Murray, it's five years. And by comparison, he will make that to $46.8 million a season. Mahomes makes with his new contract, goes into effect this year. $45 million a year, but it extends all the way through the length of his service with the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's been signed. That's, that's, that's pretty good. But anyway, they can ballyhoo the fact we have the second highest paid QB. What do you have? Only the third. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be, they'll be working that out. Well, um, again, I'm glad 15's on our team. Oh, heavens, yes. Uh, So, uh, Georgia football, pretty good contract for him as well, right? His extends, and he is Kirby Smart of uh, Georgia, took his team to a national championship, and he is. He's legitimately a very good coach. He's a product of Nick Saban. Of course, they'll go head-to-head, even though they're in different divisions. Somewhere along the line, they will meet up Alabama, Georgia. But Kirby Smart signed an extension that is now worth $10 million. $250,000 a year. And this has acceleration points in it that takes him up through 2032. This is a big time contract and that is the highest in the country. That's more than Saban and more than some of these others. But don't fret for Nick Saban at Alabama. (laughs) He's doing pretty well himself, believe me. But $10,250,000 for Kirby Smart. How How much is too much? Is there so much? <laughs> You're talking to the wrong guy. I believe, I'm talking well, the wrong profession. Well, but but again, you know, I, I I'm a big believer in work life balance, and I think my time is more valuable than any kind. I mean, money is money, and you need to do what you got to do to get that money. But I feel like that balance is true. These coaches, and in some regard, players, they devote every single second of their day to their craft. There is no question about it. Yes, they do. And uh, it's not as easy as it might appear. The fans go to the game. They see the coach down on the sideline. And it's so quick. But you don't understand the recruiting that goes into this. And it is every single... I remember visiting with Dana Ford one day. I said, Dana, you're relaxing. He said, you can't relax. Every day is a recruiting day. Absolutely. You're only as good as your players. And uh, these players are pretty good. But by the same token, Georgia, Alabama, these SEC schools, and these coaches all have kind of a pipeline into the top talent in the country. And that, that does help them. Case of Kirby Smart, he is he's well reimbursed. I do think, and I'm not trying to be 
punitive and anything of this nature. But I do think this is going to reach a point where it's not going to continue. And that's when TV comes down, when the TV money starts drying up a little bit, which eventually is going to do, folks. Now, when, who knows? But somewhere along the line, the remunerations, not just in football, but in baseball, every other sport, too, going to have to take a, a bit of a dive. It's definitely going to hit a plateau. It has to. It just absolutely has to. But uh, we haven't hit that ceiling yet, so we'll yet. see what happens. <laughs> that real fast girl from Nick says in the uh, World Track and Field Championships right now, isn't she? It's going on out at Eugene, Oregon, which is, of course, the really the focal point for all track and field in this country. University of Oregon does it big time, and they have a great venue. This is the first time the World Championships, which are second to the Olympics, have been held in this country. And yes, you're talking about Courtney Frerichs from Nixa. She was in the 3,000-meter steeplechase for the women, finished in sixth place, which is pretty good. She was the top American finisher. That was the other night. Nora Geruto from Kazakhstan, by way of Kenya, was the winner of that event. But over and above all of that, Courtney was very happy with what she did. She she has a, a bit of a physical problem, and she thought, well, sixth place and the top American finisher in a field of about 12. That is pretty good. Now, there was another race last night in it, and uh, Noah Lyles, who is one of America's top sprinters, set the new American record for the 200 meters. He raced it in 19.31 seconds, and that beat the uh, record that had been held by Michael Johnson by, oh, just fractions of a second. You ever see these sprinters run? They're in, it's just explosion. You can't see their legs move. They are running so fast. I am so impressed with what these guys do, and they're in such physical condition. Anyway, the Olympics, of course, is coming up in 2024 in Paris, so that'll probably be the next event, although there's another world championship. They tried to have them each year other than uh, an Olympic year. But it's going on now out in Oregon. Concludes on Sunday, and it's it's pretty it's the top-notch competition. All-star break is over. Thank God. I mean, it was nice to see everyone having a good time, I guess. But uh, you know, who cares? Baseball is back tonight. Who's on uh, the schedule uh, for the Missouri teams? Now the Cardinals are playing the Reds again. They concluded the All-Star break by playing the Reds, and they're playing them again tonight. Only this time, the games are at the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. It doesn't make any difference because Cincinnati is very weak. They are not a good baseball team at all. The Cardinals go in for a three-game series. Cardinals need to win all of these. This portion of the season, from now until the season ends, the Cardinals are playing, I think it's 46 teams, uh, 46 games, I should say, 46 games of teams below 500. So they have a really, really great chance to overhaul Milwaukee and maybe put them out. It's the Cardinals in Milwaukee in that division. Everybody else, the Reds, the Cubs, the Pirates, they are not going to be in contention at all. Anyway, it's the Cardinals and the Reds. Kansas City is home this weekend. They're taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, Tampa Bay is pretty good. They are among the teams in the hunt for probably a wild card berth in the American League East that the Yankees own right yeah, now. Yankees are only 30 games over 500. <laughs> They are really good and really strong. Anyway, but Tampa Bay is, too. They're a very nice oh, the World Series last year. Come on, what do you want? So, indeed, we have some excellent action. And the Springfield Cardinals, who've been off this week, they and they didn't have an all-star game in the Texas League. Major League Baseball said, you don't need to worry about an all-star game. Just take some time off. So they have. And they relaxed. Now they are getting back into action on the road in Springdale and taking on the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. Return, it's only a three-game series. And then Springfield comes right back home again and takes on 
teams from the Southern Division of the Texas League. So this is this is pretty good. We do have baseball coming back now. That's great, and I am happy it's back tonight. All right, speaking of getting back, when are the Cardinals getting back, Flaherty? Oh, no. They have professed ignorance as to when he might come back. Now, he can't really. He's on the 60-day disabled list, and that really does not dissolve until sometime in the middle of the latter part of August. But will he be ready then? That's what I'm saying. Are they going to rush it back? I feel like they may have done that the first time, and that's why he heard it again. And that is a great concern by the Cardinals. When he comes back, when he comes off this disabled list, what do you do with him? Do you send him out for a rehab again? That's what they did the first time. Came down here and pitched. And what happened? Has another shoulder problem. I'm just wondering if this guy comes back at all. You're getting into the latter part of the season if August is when he comes back. Uh, and into September, into that stretch run, and you certainly don't want to extend the use of a damaged shoulder in a crucial time of the year. want to be very careful about things like that. Flaherty's not very old, and after all, you've got his career to worry about. So it's very dicey for St. Louis, and I really think they probably need to make a deal for a pitcher. Yeah, definitely need to make a deal for a pitcher. We've been saying that for weeks. All right, I know uh, we got history lesson. You brought in your big old <laughs> dusty book. This one is about baseball, though, 55 years ago today. And I was at KY3 when this happened. It was in 1967, and the night was tonight. It was 55 years ago tonight. Atlanta Braves are playing the St. Louis Cardinals in Atlanta. Now, the Cardinals had a great year in 67. They won the World Championship, went to the World Series. There were no playoffs back then. It was the winning team from the National League against the winning team from the American League, and the Cardinals were in the lead. Playing the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta. Atlanta had a great chance to win. They set a major league record that night, the Atlanta Braves did, that probably is never going to be broken. They are the only team in baseball history to use five pitchers in one inning, which they did in the ninth. The Cardinals were rallying. Atlanta got pitcher after pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. Don't you know that ninth inning went on for about 45 minutes? Reason that reason I think that record may never be broken is there's a rule now in Major mm-hmm. League Baseball where a pitcher comes in, he has to face three batters before he can be out. Well, that's probably not going to bring five pitchers into the ballgame. You're going to be there for two hours if that, <laughs> that's happening. So anyway, but that did happen 55 years ago tonight. And it's uh, definitely a uh, great part of St. Louis Cardinals baseball history, Ned. You have a great weekend. Stay cool and remember, hydrate.